welcome to Church Experience Online. We're so happy you joined us today. As you watch this teaching video, if you have any questions or need help getting connected, please don't hesitate to reach out by phone or email. Also, our website is the best place to go if you would like to access helpful growth steps, resources, join a servant team, connect in a life group, get your questions answered, or support this moment financially by giving online. At the end of this teaching video, you'll hear one of our Church Experience Worship original songs, and we hope that gives you an opportunity to worship and reflect on what you learned. Thanks again for joining us at Church Experience Online. We all have walls that stand between us and what we can become. Walls that look like So I was crunching on some popcorn the other day, and how many of you love popcorn, right? I mean, popcorn's great. I was crunching on it, but there was a kernel that had not popped inside the popcorn handful that I got and put in my mouth, and I crunched down on that popcorn kernel, and I'm telling you what, man, it was some pain that shot through my mouth from this tooth, and I, I don't know what happened, but something happened between my tooth and that popcorn kernel, and it was not pretty. And, man, it just, it just has some pain going on, and I felt horrible. I had to go to the dentist, get it taken care of. But, man, it reminded me of the last time I had a pain in my mouth, which was several years back before we moved to Florida. We were kind of in this in-between time where we had left Michigan. Uh, we were trying to sell our house. It hadn't sold yet. We're in Georgia for seven months doing some training and some mentoring, learning, before we moved down here to Florida to start this church. And, and we're in kind of in this in-between time where we, we wanted it to be settled. My wife was pregnant with our fourth kid, and we knew where we were going and where we wanted to go. We, we knew where we had left, but we weren't totally left because our house was still for sale, and so we're paying rent and a mortgage. And it's just, it was kind of this in-between pregnant wife, all of our stuff's in boxes in the basement of this place we're staying at. It was just kind of this... Fun but messy time of life. And the pressure really came with the finances because I had took a big pay cut to leave the job that I had in Michigan and in this kind of residency mentoring internship time, uh, there just wasn't a lot left over and we're paying two, uh, two sets of bills for the houses. And it's just, it, it was a lot. And I had this, this pain in my mouth. I had this pain in my mouth and I wanted to go to the dentist and get it taken care of, but I just couldn't afford it. I mean, there, was just, there wasn't any extra for it. So I, I was just thinking, man, this, this is not good. I'm just going to have to deal with this for a little bit. And, I, and that, that feeling in my mouth just recently came, brought back to mind all the, all the feelings I had in that in-between season of life. Where I wasn't where I needed to be yet, but I'd come quite a few miles from where we were and I was in between. And I thought, man, I'll, I'll bet you that's exactly where a lot of us feel today. You know, we can, we can look back on our lives and we can, we can feel like we have come some distance, but we're not yet where we want to be. 
And, and we, want, we want to get there. We, we, we want to get to the destination. And maybe it's in your spiritual life, your relationship with God. Maybe it's in your character. And, and, and we want to get there. We can see it. We can taste it. But we're not there yet. And, and, it, and it pains us because we've come far, but we, we, haven't, we haven't yet got to where we need to go. And we're, we're in that gap in between. I mean, I think there's a lot of challenge. There's some frustration there. There can be some discouragement. If you find yourself there today, you're, you're not yet where you want to be. And, and I, I want to talk today about how to break through, how to break through to, to get where you really want to go, specifically in your spiritual life, in your relationship with God, how to, how to break through. And so that, that's where we're, we're, we're going today. And, and I, I think the, the vision of breakthrough, it, it really is a vision to see God do greater things in our lives and, and through our lives. Right? And, and for breakthrough to happen, for greatness to happen in any of our, our lives, I, I looked at the lives of people that have done great things, and I realized that they all had something in common. Anybody who has done great things in life in any area has been great at the fundamentals. The fundamentals. Let me, let me explain what I mean. So for a leader, before they lead a large company, they, they lead a small team. They, they learn these fundamental skills of leadership. An athlete, before they win championships, they learn the basics like blocking or dribbling or pitching. And then they get those fundamentals down and then they win championships. Before a musician writes popular and incredible songs, they learn how to tune their instrument. They learn basic chords. Before a chef can make an exotic recipe, they first learn the basic ingredients. In any area of life where someone becomes something great, does something great, it begins with the fundamentals and they get really good at them. And anytime they get off track, they go back to the fundamentals to learn how to do those better. And I was thinking, you know what, in our spiritual life, I don't think it's any different. I think for breakthrough to really happen in your life, I think that the fundamentals, I think the fundamentals have to be there. And what are the fundamentals when it comes to our relationship with God and our faith? Well, I think it's two things specifically. I'm going to address one of them today and teach on the other one next week as a part of this teaching series. But today I want to talk about God's Word. God's Word and next week God's presence. God's Word and God's presence. What do I mean by, by God's Word? God's Word, the, the, the 66 inspired books of the Holy Bible. God's written Word to us. His, His, His Word, the Word of God for us on how to live life to the full in Jesus. And so that's where we're, we're going. And, and I think if you'll, if you'll, you'll hang with me and, and you'll, you'll grab on to these fundamentals, I'm telling you, it will change your life. Last week, you know, we were dealing with a, a tragedy that had happened in, in one of the families in our church. And we, we kind of talked about that and we talked about how the, the devil, he loves to lie. He loves to lie to us. So how do you, how do you fight off lies? Well, you expose them with truth. You expose them with truth. And so we, we talked last week about how we're in a world where the devil's constantly trying to pull you away from God and he's lying to you. So how you overcome that is, is you learn God's word, you learn God's truth, you get closer to God. In fact, even Jesus, although he's the son of God, when, when the devil tried to tempt him and, and pull him off his calling, maybe, maybe you're familiar with this Bible story, he, he fasted for 40 days and the devil came to him and tried to pull him away from his calling before he started his ministry. And every time the devil came to him, Jesus responded with the same phrase. Do you remember what he said? He said, it is written. 
he knew God's word. Even though he was God's living word and, and, and he was God himself in the flesh, he still put honor on the written word of God by saying it is written. He valued it. And, and it's, there's such power for you to expose the lies of the enemy to, to say, I, I know God's word and this is truth and this is false. And, and you need to know it. Not only will it protect you, but it will bless you. I mean, it will change your life. It will produce fruit in your life. If, if you get, get these fundamentals, God's word and God's presence, if you'll get them in you, if you'll, you'll grab onto them and apply them, I'm telling you, it's gonna, it, over time, it's going to do some great things in your life. But, but here's the enemy of this challenge. Here, here, here's what's going to hold us back. It's really hard to begin a new discipline, to find new time. So if we're talking about finding time to dig into God's word, I Man, it's gonna be it's gonna be a challenge. It's gonna be a challenge. And and, and I think that there's also the, the fact that the devil's trying to keep you away from God's word. Right? He he doesn't want you to know truth. And so they say that if you're in sin, you're you're not gonna wanna walk into light, you're not gonna wanna be around God's word, but if you're in God's word, you're not gonna wanna walk into the dark and be be into sin. And so it's they're they're kind of they've battled against each other, and that's going on. And then I think it also takes some some commitment, it takes some knowledge, some understanding. So it takes skill and it takes sweat. <laughs> Just like anything good in life, it takes skill and it takes sweat. And if you talk to anybody who's great at anything in life, and they tell you that those fundamentals, they, they took a lot of skill. I had to learn some skill and there was some sweat I invested into it. And so if you want to grow in your relationship with God, if you want to break through, right, then we got to break it down into the fundamentals. And you have to work at it. But, but, it, it, but if you walk this journey, I'm just saying there's so much more for you. God has more. And for those of you who, who, who know God's word, maybe you've been around church for a number of years and maybe you, you read God's word and you're in it, there's more for you. In fact, I heard someone say that, you know, if, if, you, if, you, if you rake, it's easy, but you're going to only get leaves. But if you dig, sometimes you get diamonds. And so you, there's more even for you to go digging and get more from what God has in his word, not just checking the box, I've read his word today, I, I, not just I went to church, but man, this is, this is not about a religious routine, this is about a relationship with the living God. So, th so these two things we're going to talk about, putting roots down through our, our fundamentals, through God's word and God's presence, it's going gonna, it's gonna to unlock the ability for us to break through in our spiritual lives. And here, here's the lesson, I can only rise as high as my roots grow down low. I can only rise as high as my roots grow down low. So if you'll put some roots down, you'll see the fruit in your life. And a lot of us in here are probably frustrated by, discouraged by, challenged by some of the, the symptomatic problems in our life. And we've got our attention on all these issues in our life and we're focused on, man, what's, why is this not working right? And why is, why is this thing going on in my life? And really, it's not all, that's all just symptoms. It's not that that should be concerning you. It's, it's the systemic problem. It's the root problem that you've got. That, that, that's the problem. It's, it's, it's the roots in our lives. And if you want to see more fruit in your life, you've got to pay attention to the roots. So what are we talking about when we're talking about God's word? These 66 books were all written by, by men, but they were, they were, although they were penned by men, they were inspired by God. They were authored by God. We believe that it's different. I mean, you and I can write down our opinions about who God is and what we think about God, but that's different. That's our words. We believe that God divinely inspired his word over a period of time, and he, and he inspired different prophets and preachers and apostles. And they, 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 some of them literally saw Jesus and walked with him, and they, they wrote down their experiences. They wrote down God's word. And, and the church 
affirmed it and confirmed it over time. And for centuries, this has been known as God's word. It's his Bible. And, and the church has used this to help us learn about God and know his ways and, and, and to live for him. And so this book is, is a powerful book. It's different. It's not a religious book. It's a, it's a living book. It's, it's God's word for you. You know, we specifically use the New International Translation. There's a number of different translations of the Bible. Why is that? You get asked that question. Well, it's because the, the Bible was not written in English, of course. The Bible was written in the Old Testament primarily in Hebrew, the New Testament primarily in Greek. And, and these, these languages, although we've got, we got a Greek community up in Tarpon, it's not languages that we, we typically use day to day, right? And so uh, it had to be translated into modern-day English, and so... Every translation group would get together and they would try to take the original languages. Maybe, maybe you took a language in high school. I took several years of Spanish. And I remember that there was not always one direct English word for every Spanish word. And so sometimes you had to get the closest possible word. And so that's why it's not just a, just a science. It's a little bit of an art to it where they had to think, okay, well, there's several different ways to say love in Greek. So which, which one was it? And, and we, we're going to say love. What does that mean? And so they, they got to translate it into our language. The New International Version that we use is probably the most widely used among churches in, in the United States. And there's a lot of great translations. But this one, the one we use, I, I want to explain to you. We'll sometimes reference other translations. But how we got this one, how this one came about, is it, it was created by a group of up to 100 uh, people, including 15 biblical scholars. And they took about 10 years to translate from the original languages, the original manuscripts that we have, into, uh, into English. And they were people that were from all over the, the English-speaking world. So people from Australia, the United States, South Africa, the UK, Canada, uh, Australia, every, they're all over. And they, they represented not just one group of Christians, but they, they tried to represent people from all different denominations. In fact, 20 different denominations, Baptists, Evangelicals, Methodists, Lutherans. And the whole idea was they were, they were trying to get an accurate, as accurate as possible, translation of what the original languages actually said. And so that's, that's how we got the Bible that we use and we, we read from it. So maybe that's helpful for you, the New International Version. Well, I was telling Jennifer, you know, this, this message about God's Word it was, it was kind of a hard message to write. Because I think that most of us in the room know we should read the Bible, but we don't. Right? Most people know that we should, but they don't. And then for those who do... The message can't just be about, hey, we should read the Bible, and here's how to read the Bible, because they're already doing it, and, and there's definitely more for us to learn in and grow in, and so if you're already kind of like doing that, and you can check that box, it's, there's actually more than just doing the activity of reading the Bible, and so how do you write a message on that, and I was telling her that, and I, th I thought, man, you know, I think we all have something in common, whatever our experience has been, because your experience may have been great with God's Word, and it's a part of your life, it might be an entirely new thing to you. And everywhere in between. So what, what is it that we have in common? We all have a gap. We're all in that in-between that I started talking about at the beginning. We're, we, we want the breakthrough in our life, and we have had some experience, whatever that's been. And here in the in-between, uh, wherever you're at, there is actually still more for you when it comes to God's word. God, it, it, you know, his word, does. you don't outgrow it. You grow with it, and, and, it, and, and it, it teaches you at all the different seasons of your life. It's, it's, it's like looking into a jewel, and you see it from one perspective, and then the light reflects differently off of it when you look at it from a different perspective. It, it, it grows with you. It, it, it helps you see your life in a different way. It helps you become more, more of what God wants you to be. So, so here, 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 let's do it. Here, here's my outline. I want to give it to you for the remainder of this message. It's, it's inspiration plus information. And then perspiration equals transformation. 
All right, so that's, that's kind of where we're going. So the inspiration of why I want to talk to you about why God's word matters and should be a bigger part of your life than whatever it is now. And then information, I want to equip you on how to actually go after it and how to do it. And then perspiration, I want to talk to you about how you apply it and bring it into your life, which I'm telling you is going to lead to transformation. It's going to change your life. I really believe that's going to change your life. So, so if you really meet with God like this, if you get in his word, then it's going to bring so much blessing. It will, it will bring blessing. It will bring joy. It will bring peace in your life. It will bring truth in your life. It will really change you. And those of you who are already in God's word, I want to challenge you to mix it up. Maybe, maybe for you it's become a routine. And, and, and I'm just saying you can go digging for more. There's, there's more that God has for you and in your experience and, and his word. So why? Why? Inspiration. Why? Psalm chapter 1, verse 1. Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. So, so that person who, who delights in God's word, that person, it says in verse 3, is like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. So to live a life that's fruitful, meaning your life bears results, it brings fruit, it's productive, it's good. To live a truly good life, a life that lasts, not just a, what you call a good life in, in this life, but a life that really matters and makes a difference. A life that's fruitful. To live that kind of life is saying, that, that comes from someone who avoids sin and walking in sin and someone who walks in truth. It tells us in the word that God, God's word is, is like a lamp to our feet. It lights up our path. So someone who, who delights in God's law and consistently knows his word, that's going to change us. That's going to change our lives. It's going it's to impact us deeply. So when you live in God's word and you let it get through you, it's going to change you. And I was trying to think, how could I help people see the, the value, the tremendous value of his word and how we so much overlook it. And I, I was kind of thinking about, you know, the, the things that we do aspire to be great at. And, and I would love for you to help, go with me on a little journey here. What is it that you would love to be great at that you're not great at? Can you think of something maybe that you've always wanted to do, maybe a skill, a sport, a hobby, something that, that you would love to do excellently, but you can't right now? Think about that. What would that be? For me, I think it might be playing guitar. I took some lessons when I was younger, but I never got good at it. You know, I didn't have the rhythm for it, right? Because, you know, I like when we're clapping, they're up here, like, tell us to clap and worship. And I'm trying to follow along, but I'm paying attention. I'm watching the person next to me trying to make sure I'm on the right rhythm. So trying to play guitar for me is, is not easy. I would love to, to do that. I mean, I can pull out the air guitar anytime, and I can just play it like a madman. But, but if, somebody, if somebody who is great, at playing guitar, like Mark, our worship leader, some, some incredible guitar player, would, would Carlos Santana would sit down with me and he'd be like, man, let me just, let me just show you a few of my skills. Man, I would, I would listen. I would be on the edge of my seat. I'd be watching everything they do. Why? Because they have experience and knowledge that I don't have. They have, they have gone places I've never been. They can take me somewhere I can't take myself. They can teach me things I don't know. God breathed your life into existence. He created this amazing world and all the order that it, the planet turns and life grows and things change and all the different amazing complex, as, complex aspects of your body, of this world, 
all of that. He put it in order, and he had the ability and the mind to do that. That's far beyond the knowledge and experience that, that we have and the abilities we have. You have a limited perspective, however you see your life. God's perspective is far beyond yours. He sees far beyond your life. He sees where your life has come from. He sees where your life is going. He's outside of time. He knows all things. So why wouldn't we go to that God who knows all those things and learn from him? Why would we try to do it on our own? When, when that God ha- has all that information and he's written it down for us and he says, hey, I want to I just help you. I want to give you guidance on how to live a life that's actually worth living. Why wouldn't we come to him? And so I think that's the, the value and the power of, of, the, of his word is, is that God has given us truth on how to live a, a higher, better, greater life than what we can live on our own. He's showed us, he shown us his way and he's given us access to his way. And his word is the key to unlock that path. In fact, here's a lesson. God's word leads me to God's way. God's word is what leads me to God's way, to, leads me to his truth, and, and it shows me what's best for my life. So if you do that, if you follow his word, if you live in his word, then your life will be much better. And that's what I want for you, to live a life that really matters. That's what really matters. You know, I think a lot of us treat, treat the Bible like it's an instruction book. Maybe, maybe you've got some instruction books laying around your house, you know, and you you don't really look at these things, do you? you? You open them up and, you know, a lot of it's probably written in the language you can't read. And, and you look through this and you're like, I just, this is really complicated. There's a lot here. I think what I'm going to do, if you've done what I do, I'm just going to set that aside and I'm going to come back to it. My wife's amazing at following the instructions. She'll get the instruction book out. She'll follow through. I just kind of usually set it aside. I think I'll come back to it if I need it. <laughs> any, any of you like that with me? I mean, you can try to put something together. Like my, my parents gave my, my daughter the, the Barbie dream house last year, and, and, and we're trying to put this thing together. And I'm thinking, I don't, I don't need instructions. It's a toy. You know, I, don't, I, I got this. Putting the thing together, you get two-thirds of the way through. Have you ever done this? You got two-thirds of the way putting something together, and then you get toward the end of it, and, and, and you got all these extra pieces. And you're like, I don't know where these go, but it, it looks like it's together. And then your daughter's like, Dad, the, the elevator doesn't work. That's what the string is for. I knew, I knew there was a reason. I knew there was a purpose, and I just didn't get it. See, see if you treat God's word like it's an instruction book, it's, it's only going to help you so much because how we treat instruction books is we, we treat an instruction book as if I'll, I'll use it if I can't figure it out on my own. So, so God, I'm going to go kind of just do my thing, and if I get into a jam, then I'm going to come back and I'm going to say, okay, what, what, what page was that thing on and how to, how to fix a broken marriage? <laughs> Where, where's that part at? All right, all right, I'm going to go kind of do things on my own. Where, where's that part about when you get stuck in an addiction and you're all in sin and it's messing up your life and things are falling apart? Where's that part? Of, how do I get out of that? It's like we come back and we're like, God, how do I, how do I fix it because I broke it? Right? That's, how, that's what happens when we treat the Bible like an instruction book. Or we do what a lot of people do with instruction books. We pull them out and we think, well, I'm going to figure out how to, how, to, how to put the thing together. And then I'm going to file this away. Right? How many of us have... A file somewhere or a drawer somewhere or some box in the garage with all the instruction books. We've, we've never pulled them out, but they're there just in case. Just in case we need them, we'll go, we'll go get them, but, but we don't use them, right? But, but we save them. We don't want to throw them away because we might need them, right? And so we, we use them to set up the thing how we want it, and then we leave it. And, and, and some of us might think, well, God's Word just is there to kind of help me get my life set up how I want it. And then I can just kind of go do what I want and, and live, live my life, and I just kind of leave it. But it's not meant to be that. It's, it's meant to help you grow in the journey, through the journey. It's, it's up to guide your journey. It's there for you all, at all times to help you grow and to keep you from drifting. It's a, a big value of this is to keep us aligned with God 
Second uh, Timothy chapter four, verse three. It says, "For um, for for the time will come when people will not put up with sound doctrine, instead to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers." It's called the internet. <laughs> and, and to say whatever their itching ears want to hear, they will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to myths. And, and, and so we'll, we'll, we'll like research, you know, whatever it is we want to learn about, whatever it is we want, what our desires are, it's desire-driven knowledge. And we'll, we'll go say, well, I want to go find out the 10 tips on how to do this. I want to be great at this. I want to learn that. I'm going to go, and nothing wrong with learning, but we, we, we let our knowledge be all desire-driven instead of doctrine-driven, meaning Doctrine, the core truth of life, the building box of life, God's truth, instead of, instead of first building all the other knowledge on that, we go and we just kind of, whatever we feel like, we go and we try to learn. And, 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 man, there's so much, and it's good, but there's so much nonfiction out there, so much great self-help and all that kind of stuff. But if you build your life on that stuff, it's like, it's like a kid who only eats candy, right? They'll never be healthy. Because it's, it's all just desire-driven knowledge. And, and you need doctrine, too. You need God's truth. The God who created the world and, 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 and lines things and, and has created everything and knows you, he, he, you need to build your life on his truth. So, so Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, I think, gives us one more reason why. It's because it keeps us close to God. It's, it's his living word. It says, the word of God is alive and active. It's sharper than any double-edged sword. And it penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. Listen. It judges the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart. So you can go get a lot of learning in the world, but it might just be learning because you're out trying to be successful. Because you're trying to make it still about you, and there's some pride in that. And you just, you just really want to live a good life. It's all about you. And so you're out there learning about things that are really just really self-centered about you. But the thing about God's word is he can help you live a great life. But along the way, you learn some things like, well, Humility, it's, it's not really about me. It's really about God. And pride's self-destructive, and so I can even go do good things with my life, and it's really self-serving. I'm doing those good things to make myself feel good. And, and you can learn all kinds of stuff. It, it just it, it divides even your own heart, your, your own heart and your, your mind. It, it, it penetrates, it says, into the innermost part of who you are. It, it changes you in a way that, that man's wisdom can't change you. So it's powerful. It's powerful. So, so, so why? The why is because it'll change your life, and it's God's word. It's not man's word. That's why. So, so how? So how? What, what's, what's the information I need to know, Brandon, on, on how to get in God's word and how to let it, let it change me? Let's go back where we started Psalm 1. Psalm 1, verse 2. Talking about that person who avoids sin and has a blessed life. It says, that person whose delight is in the law of the Lord. Delight. Who meditates, who, who studies, they, they, they understand it, they're, they're, they're paying attention to it. They meditate on his law day and night. It goes on and says, that person, and it describes the fruitful tree, that person has a productive life. That person who's delighting in God's word on a daily basis. So I noticed a couple things. One, I noticed that they're delighting in God's word. It's not a religious routine. It's something they, they really value and, you know, it consumes their thinking. It's a daily thing. I meditate on it day and night. Uh, one of the guys in our church named John, who's on our tech team, he, he, he last Easter, when we, I, I talked about running toward God and, and running to him. And, and John, John's an intense guy, and he took that literally. He's, he's a SWAT team member, and uh, he, he's, a, he's, a, he's a young guy, young dad, and he just does everything full on. And, and John said, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to literally run, and that's going to be my time with God. And, and, and he said, and two days from now, because that's when Easter fell last year, two days from now, uh, this week, uh, he says, I'll have run 365 
days. Every single day. He's like, Brandon, I ran on the days I felt sick. When I was up visiting family up north, I ran in the snow. He's like, I ran at least a mile every single day for 365 days as of this weekend. And so he's like, every single day I put my worship music in and my earbuds and I run. And like, that's my time with God. He's like, running towards God, I'm literally doing it. And, and, and talk about changing your life. I mean, that, that's going to change your life when you're in God's word like that and you're, you're in his presence like that. I mean, every day consistently. That's what here we're talking about is being consumed by it. Not just a once a week, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kind of drive by the fast food window and just pull out, pull out a little bit. I, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just sit with God's word and grow in, in my relationship with him through his word. Author John Maxwell says, discipline does not bow down. It should not bow down to feelings. And many of us in the room are driven by our feelings, what we feel like doing. And he writes, if you do what you should, you should do only when you really feel like it, then you won't build a disciplined habit. At times, you have to act contrary to your emotions. So there's times for you to get where you need to go that you're going to have to act contrary to what you feel like. If you wake up every day and you say, what do I feel like doing, you'll never get where you need to go. But if you say, what does God want? What's the right thing to do? That will change your life over time. And so here we know God's word is important. And so day and night, meditating on it, studying it, growing in it, learning about it, that's how your life has changed. It's when convictions are lived out with consistency that we get a fruitful and deeply fulfilling life. Jeremiah chapter 17. Jeremiah chapter 17 verse 7. It says, this is an amazing example. It says, blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. They will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. It does not fear when heat comes. Its leaves are always green. It has no worries in a year of drought and never fails to bear fruit. So it talks about the, the, the person who is planted in God's word. They're like a, a tree planted by a stream and that sends out its roots, and the roots cause the tree to be healthy and, and productive and to bear fruit. So if you want your life to be deeply fulfilling and productive for God, then you, you need to pay attention to your roots. Your root system is really, really important. Have you seen the banyan trees down in St. Petersburg? I mean, they're amazing, aren't they? I put some pictures online recently, and if you didn't see them, I, my, my kids love going there. We'll go swing on the vines and climb up the trees. They, they love it. Banyan trees are, are rare here in Florida, but we, we have them. In fact, the first place the banyan trees were ever planted in the continental USA was down in Fort Myers. And it was actually the first tree was planted by, by Thomas Edison. It was a gift to him by uh, Harvey Firestone and it come over from India in a little buttercup. And he planted the thing there in Fort Myers and it was just an itty bitty little thing when he first planted it. In fact, it was only uh, four feet tall and two inches in diameter. But that same tree now that he planted in 1925 is now covers over an acre. And these aerial roots that grow down from the tree, they grow into the ground and then they, they spread and the, the, the tree spreads out. Now covers over an acre and it has a circumference of these aerial roots of 400 feet. This is amazing. So th this, these little, little trees, like, like this one that Thomas Edison planted in 1925 that was, it was four feet tall, now covers over an acre because these roots, because the roots are strong, they grow down and then it expands. It's some of the biggest trees in the world, these banyan trees. It's amazing. And... Your life will only spread as wide, will only go as high, will only be as impacting and fulfilling as your roots grow down deep in the soil. The soil of God's presence, the soil of God's word. When your roots are strong, then your life will be productive. Your life will be healthy and it will grow. And so it's really important that you pay attention to your roots. So let me ask you a question. The question I want you to think about this week. Are, are you growing 
or neglecting the roots in your spiritual life? Are, are you growing them or are you neglecting them? Are you growing or neglecting them? You know, if, if, you, don't, if you don't pay close attention to your vehicle, you know, you're, you're going you're gonna to be on the side of the road, right? I mean, I remember in high school, uh, I had a, a stated goal when I first started driving that, that if I could cruise into a gas station on fumes and run out of gas at the pump, that was like, you win. I mean, game over. It's like, you should get a new car for that. I mean, that's, that was just like the goal. But because I had this goal, I was always running on fumes, and there was many times where I was on the side of the road because I neglected the fuel that I needed to propel me down the road. And, and, and if, if you neglect your spiritual life, if you neglect your spiritual life, you're, you're not going to get where you need to go. You're, you're not going to have the fuel to take you to the life you really want to live. So, so how do you delight in God's word? Well, you're going to need a plan. First of all, you're, gonna, you're really going to need a plan. And one of the things we teach at our, our, our event called First Class, which, by the way, is this Wednesday. This Wednesday night from 6 to 8, we're, we're feeding you a free dinner if you'd like. We're going to meet at the Hampton Inn here in Clearwater, and, and uh, you can come out. We have free child care. It's a great night. Many people have gone through this class. A lot of our leaders come, and it's a great time to meet people. But it's a great free dinner, and, and the whole time you're eating and we're hanging out, uh, we, we kind of teach you and help you how to grow in your faith and how to get connected if you'd like to in, in a church community, in a church family. And so we'd love to have you come this Wednesday, but as a side point, one of the things we teach in that class is, is, is in your personal time alone with God, you need to pick a time, you need to pick a place, and you, and you need to have a, have a plan. You need to pick a time, a place, and a plan. And so knowing what you're going to do, when you're going to do it, and how you're going to do it can be a game changer. Some of you might have the tenacity that John, my friend John has, that I shared earlier, and, and you have that kind of Navy SEAL type mentality, and you can just go out, and, and, and you can just say, all right, I'm going to do this, and you, you're going to do it every day. And you're going to be in it. And if that's you, then great. But I would say for most people, my experience has been that, that you need accountability. And so I think that's why groups are so important is getting, getting involved and getting to know other Christians, other believers. You can say, hey, this is where I'm going after. Pray for me. And, you know, encourage me, help me. Ask me how I'm doing in a few weeks. But this is, this is my goal. But in Psalm 119, it gives us some practical handles on how to, how to do this. Psalm 119, verse 9. It says, how can a young person stay on the, the path of purity, a, a path that honors God, but by living according to your word? So aligning my life with God's word, it says, I, I seek you with all my heart. Do not let me stray from your commands. So I'm really going to seek you, God. I'm not going to casually pursue it. I'm going to go after it. And you've had times in your life where there's something you really wanted and you went after it, right? There's a huge difference between going after something and really wanting it versus casually pursuing it. It says, I'll seek you with all my heart, everything I've got. Don't let me stray from your commands. I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Hidden your word in my heart. I've, I've internalized it, maybe even memorized it. You know, maybe the next time you're going through something and you're, you're struggling with worry or fear about something, instead of trying to tackle that thing on your own, what, what if you got in God's word? Maybe you go to like a, a great website like a Bible gateway or something like that and you searched in the keyword fear or worry or whatever the, the situation is, if you're having a conflict in a relationship, and you type that thing in there and you pull up some, some really helpful verses. And maybe you type those into your phone and you tack them up somewhere, you're going to see it uh, every day, and, and, and you internalize those things. Maybe you memorize them so that you can recall God's word when you actually need it. So it's like, I, I've hidden your, your word, God, in my, my heart so that I might not sin against you. It helps me overcome sin. Verse 12, praise be to, to you, Lord. Teach me your decrees. With my lips, I recount all the laws that come from your mouth. Sharing God's word. Is it, is it just in your mind or is it coming out through your lips? 
Because if it's in your mind and if it's in your heart, it should be coming out through you. So when you talk, and it doesn't have to be specifically quoting a verse, but you should be referencing truth. And, and truth should be a part of your conversation and who you are in a very, in a, in a, in a very real way. And, 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 it, and it goes on. And it, and it says, I rejoice in following your statutes as one rejoices in great riches. I meditate on your precepts. So I study it. I consider it. I reflect on it. And I consider your ways. I delight in your decrees. I will not neglect your word. So... I will meditate on it. I will study it. There's some great Bible commentaries. The era we live in, we don't have any excuses. You don't have to go buy a volume of commentaries, uh, meaning people, scholars that have written about the different chapters and verses in the Bible explaining what they mean. You can get online and you can research it. You, you can pull up any chapter and verse in the Bible and you can read a dozen different scholars and what they say on that specific verse. Have you ever read something and you're like, I, I don't understand that. I don't know what that means. That happens to me. And I, I'll pull out a commentary and I'll say, well, I wonder what this means. I, I, want, I want to learn more. But you know what a lot of us do? We just kind of rake over, we gloss over those things, and we never get that, that depth of experience and learning because we just think, well, I don't, I don't get it. I'm just going gonna, gonna to read on. <laughs> or we stop reading altogether. But if, if you'll pay attention to the things that you don't understand and you go read and learn what it actually means, you'll grow. So you'll grow. The very thing that right now is maybe like a problem that keeps you from reading because you're like, I don't get it, could actually be the thing that helps you grow, maybe take it to another level. And so you can do that. You're, like, you're saying, well, Brandon, I, I just never have started. I, I don't actually read the Bible every day, and I know I probably should, but I, I don't I even know where to start. It's a big book. Should I just start at the beginning? You can. You can start in the, in the beginning. God created the heavens and the earth in Genesis, and Genesis is a great and engaging book, and you'll be with it. But you get about 50 pages in the Bible, and you're going to hit this book called Leviticus. And Leviticus is all these Old Testament laws of God, which there's great meaning and great purpose for it being in there, but it's a very advanced part of the Bible and understanding what it means and all that. And so a lot of people, they, they put the Bible down when they get to that part, they never read the rest of it because it's like, that's just confusing, I don't get it. So I'd encourage you actually to start in the New Testament, you can circle back and read that anytime, but all of it's just as important and it's all God's word, but, but I, I would say maybe start in the book of John, it's a great place to start, read, read about the life of Jesus. And then go on to the book of Acts right after that, which talks about the early church and how the church was started. Very interesting. And you just kind of go from there. And, but, but I'd say just begin. Just begin and just read a little bit every day and, and let, it, let it get in you and let it get through you. But here it says in verse 16 to not neglect God's word. Not neglect God's word. If you neglect it, if you neglect it, 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 it you're going you're to run your own life. Not that your life won't be called good by some other people, that you can't live a, a worldly successful life. But, but what it could be and the potential and, and what's growing inside of you, it'll never become what it could be if you neglect God's word. Think about the different things in your life that are important. All of them require maintenance, don't they? They require maintenance. Again, our, our car actually was on the side of a road at one point. We were pre-kids, fairly newly married. Car broke down and was on the side of the road. If you don't get an oil change often enough, if you don't take it in and get it tuned up often enough. If you got a problem, you don't pay attention to it, this can happen. And you, you're on the side of the road, like we were, and we started walking towards the nearest exit, and a, a nice car pulls up. Nice car pulls up, rolls down the window, says, hey, can, can we help? Do, do you need a ride? And I looked up, and I saw the exit maybe a half mile down. I thought, we got this? I said, no thanks. We got it. Appreciate it, though. They drove off. My wife looks at me and says, Brennan, what are you thinking? Like, we could have got a ride up there. We wouldn't have had to walk. And I'm like, oh, my bad. I just thought it wasn't that far. She's like, well, it's going to take a while. I'm like, all right, all right. I'll, if someone else stops, we'll get, we'll get a ride. Another vehicle clunks up, you know, next to us, and it's this, this smelly car. It was dirty. And, and I was like, yeah, we'll, we'll hop in, no problem. And we get in. My wife's like, what are you thinking? It's like, I mean, it's, this car, I've never ridden in a car that smells so bad. It was just dirty. It smelled, I mean, it was just a horrible experience. And we're driving to the exit. Thankful we got a ride. But she's like, why didn't you take the first ride, Brandon? Come on, what are you thinking? 
But then we were on the side of the road because our car, something broke down in it. And imagine what would happen to your vehicle if you didn't maintain it for six months. If you didn't do anything, you didn't put fuel into it, didn't change the oil, didn't take it in, didn't put pressure in the tires. What would happen? What would happen to your body if for six months you didn't, you didn't maintain it? You didn't exercise. You didn't eat healthy. You actually did an experiment on this. Someone ate McDonald's food for 30 days, right? And then they said he about killed him, right? They did all the vitals before and after. They said, what if you went six months and you just didn't take care of your body? What would happen? What about your yard? You know, if you didn't pull the weeds, you didn't mow it. If you have a yard, what would, ha- what would, happen, to your, what would happen to your home, your apartment, if for six months you didn't maintain it? Little, six months, little, six months, six days, six weeks, what would happen? What kind of a mess would it be in? So why is it that we think in our spiritual lives that we can just kind of coast and maintain where we are. We think that I can just, just put it in neutral. I'm busy right now. I'll get, I'll get to it. And we think that we're going to be okay. If you neglect anything important in your life, not only do you not grow, but the weeds start to grow and crowd in on you. And, and, and not only do you not become who you want to be, but, but you start to slide back to who you don't want to be. So it's really important that we get into God's word, we read it daily, it's a consistent part of who we are, and, and we bring it into our lives. And, and, you know, so my question again, are you growing or are you neglecting the roots in your spiritual life? So important. So finally, let's talk about applying it. If you want transformation, though, you can't just have head knowledge, you can't just learn more information, you got to apply it. That's where the perspiration comes in. Perspiration. James chapter 1, verse 22 says, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourself, but do what it says. Do what it says. Do what it says. you got to apply it. A lot of people are really confused on this, and they think more intellectual information is what's going to help them have their life transformed, get closer to God, and it's not more information that's going to change you. The information can lead to transformation, but the information is not the goal. It's transformation. So to the extent that the information helps you make changes in your life, your life will be better. But if it's just head knowledge and you never bring it into your heart and play it out in your life, it's not going to change you. And so it says in James it's like a, a person... That, that goes and looks at their face in a mirror and turns and walks the other way and they forget what they look like. It's pointless to hear God's word and not do it. And some of you, you might look at your face in the morning and think, I, I want to forget about that for a little bit. You know, but, but you got to say, you know, don't, don't just look at it. and Apply it. Bring it into your life. Do it. Do, do something with it and it will actually change you. This is where we get the real fruit in our lives. If the learning doesn't lead to doing, that will be your undoing. If learning leads to doing, then momentum builds. So here's the question that will change it all for you. Ask every time you hear God's word, every time you read God's word, ask, so what? So what? At the end of every message, you should ask, so what? I, I hope you do that. Brandon's up here talking, all right, Brandon, so what? In fact, I, I try to spend some time on that question for you every week when I write a message. All right, so what? What is it we can actually do with this? Every time you open God's word and read it, I hope you don't just learn Listen to it. Hope you don't just learn something, but I hope you ask, so what? What do I do with it? What, what can God teach me in this passage? What is it that, that I need to know about who he is? What is it that he wants me to go and do? This takes a little bit more time and intentionality. So, so what? What is your plan? What's your plan this week to bring God's word more into your life? Failing to plan, they say, is planning to fail. So what's your plan? If you want to break through, if you want to have a great life, a life that's blessed by God and more of God in your life, then you got to have a plan for these fundamentals. Any area in life where someone has done something great or become something great, they're amazing at the fundamentals. 
The fundamentals for believers in Jesus are God's word and God's presence. We're gonna talk about God's presence next week, but God's word. What's your plan for God's word? Make a plan to put your roots down low so that you can raise up high. Right on. Thanks for joining us at Church Experience Online. Please don't forget to check out the website if you'd like to get more connected, learn more, get your questions answered, or support this movement financially. You're now going to hear a Church Experience Worship Original Song, and we hope this gives you an opportunity to worship and reflect on what you learned today.